Well, hello everybody. Uh, my name is Rose Ross and I'm the co-founder of Tech Britannia and I'm delighted to be recording this We Are Tech Britannia podcast with Sarah Bolt from Forth. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Rose. I'm good. Thank you. Very good. Fantastic. Well, you've had a very interesting career and you uh, are up for a nomination mm -hmm. for an Every Woman Award, for, which is um, a NatWest uh, initiative. Um, well, let's find out a little bit more about you and about Forth. So do you want to give a little bit of a potted history of your career and your journey so far? And then we can we can talk a little bit about Forth. And yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, put it in context, Forth is a is a digital health tech company. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm not a medically trained person. My background is uh, largely in marketing. And um, so I've spent. Oh God longer than I, I, I want to imagine in marketing over 30 years. But when I hit 40, I was working as a new product development manager for Dyson. Um, I had two young boys. I was commuting uh, three hours every day. And I just thought, do you know what? Life is not enjoyable. It's just not working for me. And I think kind of <laughs> hitting 40 is just one of those ages where for me, I kind of looked at my life and thought, well, you know, what is going to be my legacy in life? What imprint am I going to leave behind? And uh, I just decided vacuum cleaners really didn't do it for me. So um, I uh, resigned from my role and I basically made a decision that I wanted to work within a business that had more social purpose and made more of an impact um, on society. And I'd reached the conclusion that healthcare was the, the area that I wanted to, to work within. So I actually uh, took my back, myself back to university. I did a master's in what's called social marketing. It's nothing to do with social media. It's about social impact and marketing for public good. So I did a, a master's degree in that. At the same time, I started working for the NHS on behavior change campaigns. Um, I then went on to become a strategy planner and work for private healthcare companies. And it was while doing that work in, a, in around 2013, 2014, that I really started to notice the beginning of this, this trend towards digital health. And as our smartphones became smarter and more sophisticated, um, there was an opportunity for them to get more involved in our own personalized healthcare and give people more data on their own bodies. And I just found it really fascinating. And, uh, you know, when Fitbit was first launched in the UK, I ran out and I, I bought it and I loved it. I loved the way that what it had done um, was taking an old concept. I mean, pedometers had been a lot around for a very long time, you know, since the 1980s. But they totally reinvented it for, to, for today's digital consumer. Mm. And um, it was that idea that just that which just sparked an idea in my mind about, well, that is amazing but how can we give people more relevant information I get more in-depth information about their health about what's going on inside their body the part that they 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 can't see and that was the really the the light bulb moment for me to for starting forth brilliant so could you tell us a little bit more about forth as an app because it has you know a particular um application uh, that I understand um which looks at the menopause within women 
Uh, and obviously that's, uh, you know, women are constantly aware of changes in their body, whether that's through puberty, you know, having kids, getting older, um, uh, the menopause, the perimenopause, and all, all, all of these other amazing, we are very hormonal creatures, uh, as are men, but in, perhaps in different ways. So what inspired this to look at? Because menopause has become a much more talked about topic. I mean, it was a bit taboo. It was seen as quite a negative uh, women effectively coming to their the end of their shelf life, which you know is quite brutal. <laughs> well, that's one, one way of viewing it. In, I guess. in yes. one sense, yes, purely yes. in one sense. Um, but it isn't something that I don't think that most women they'll talk amongst themselves. But it's not really something that you want to necessarily talk about with you're sort of generally speaking. But it's important, isn't it? It's important. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I think the world, you know, the world is changing, and you know the things about you know menstrual cycles hormone health menopause perimenopause it's all being talked about much more in the open now mm. and I, I think is it's not before time actually mm. um that, that that that's happening but you know with with fourth initially with fourth we we have a, a wider kind of well-being um mission as well so for us mm. at fourth what we set about doing is we wanted to turn people into citizen scientists by giving them information about what was happening in their own bodies and then educating them so they could take responsibility for the health and then they could improve. So we're mm. not diagnostic. So we're very much in the well-being being market. So that's what we do. And so we, what we do is that we, we thought, well, actually what we can do here is combine technology with science. So we are that kind of mesh, I guess, that knits the both t- together. So we, um, as a service, we collect small biological samples at home from people, and then we take that data and we turn that data into intuitive graphics and um, further bioinformatics. So that's what we said we started out to do. And as as I've developed the company, I've become more and more um, interested in female health and become more aware, I guess, of the, the, the gender data divide in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And there is a gender data divide in healthcare because a lot of the information we have on the human body is actually derived from the male human body, not the female human body. Mm. And so, so there, there is this massive data gap on, on how females react. So female body will react different to, to certain pharmaceuticals, they will present with different diseases differently. So, for example, for heart attacks, women present completely different than men in heart attacks, which is why more women die of heart attacks than men. And I think that'd be a surprising statistic for, for, for people because we associate heart attacks, I think, more with males. But actually, more women are, are prone to die with it because it's not picked up um, because they don't spot, spot the signs. So um, I was really interested in, in, in female health and um, I'd be going through the perimenopause myself um, whilst I was developing the fourth, the company, and, and realised what a huge impact it actually has on a woman's life and the way that they feel on a day-to-day basis. And I think for me, that was just being pushed out of the, under the carpet, you know, for me, my mother never talked to me about it. I didn't even think about the menopause um, at all and, and assumed, well, that would be sometime in my 50s that would happen. And didn't really realize actually the impact of that can happen 
early early from your early 40s it starts to impact on your health and how you how you feel and I started to talk about it with my friends and they were all experiences really bad symptoms from you know depression um into the mind fog you know the general forgetness forgetfulness and um you know none of no one had really warned us that this was going to happen to such an extent and it would be such a big impact on our lives so that really started us at fourth looking into how could we improve mm. um, the information given to women around hormones because we felt for too long hormones had really been in, in women and they are important in men as well but hormones have been really talked about largely in terms of fertility and reproduction and actually hormones have such a massive impact um, mm. on your general well-being and your health for men and women and this wasn't being recognized and talked about and women didn't really understand how their hormones actually fluctuate throughout their menstrual cycle and the impact any kind of changes in those hormones was going to have them mm. and particularly with women in the perimenopause women were um, and still are um, women want certainty that they're entering the peri perimenopause so they can understand um, almost you know we need to put label on things that helps us deal with it mm. um, and women were are, are not able to get this label for for various different different reasons so we looked at well how can we combine um, a minimum amount of blood samples mm. and combine AI to actually give women more certainty so we won an innovation grant from um, Smart Cymru which is the Welsh Welsh government to develop this um, this product um, which is which mixes which combines um, AI with uh, a blood sample collection and uh, medical expertise as well to to really give women a very personal insight in how each of their four key hormones fluctuate throughout their entire length of their own individual cycle. And from that, they can then take action, whether it be, well, actually, I've, my hormones are at such a level I want to go on H or HRT or if you're younger then actually I need to delve deeper into why my hormones are fluctuating in a non-standard pattern. Fascinating, isn't it? Really quite so complex. But I, when you were talking about, I hadn't really thought about the, you know, this data divide. And I'm sure it's true for other types of, you know, I wouldn't say minorities because women are actually in the majority, but, you know, different different people and it's you know it yes. is horses for courses for, with medicine and I, I was a huge fan of house and I always used to love the fact that most of the problems were the fact that there were two conditions layered on top of one another or one was presenting like another so we're, it's a little bit like um, a bit of a puzzle really for most women because you've talked about the four hormones and I mean testosterone is one of them as well I presume that you, you're looking at um, and as you say, for all of these various elements, the hormonal imbalance, say, for example, changes can impact so many different aspects of your life and therefore impact your quality of life. Totally. And a lot of it's avoid avoidable. You know, there are yes. a lot of things that women can do that, you know, aren't necessarily HRT, but also understanding how your body interacts with, you know, caffeine alcohol how important exercise is I mean this is something that's been big hasn't it over the whole of the the pandemic is we've all been 
reassessing these things. And I think, you know, hopefully more people are taking exercise, but um, it, it's such a, a, a great opportunity to have a huge impact on half the population. Oh, you know, we're, 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 we are really so excited by it um, because, you know, it truly is groundbreaking and it gives oh. women really the insight that they've been looking for that that has just been missing for them and and uh and and yes it, you know there are there's you know you don't need to jump to hrt you know that is every woman's own personal decision what they do but you know you know you you get get to realize that actually there are some lifestyle factors that really are at play in hormones as well for example sleep you know mm-hmm. inadequate sleep disrupted sleep will affect your hormone pattern Mm. Um, and that is why and and also your nutrition will affect your hormone pattern doing exercise will impact your hormone pattern and that's why you're here for you know um for i'm not going to say extreme athletes but you know professional athletes that's why you hear as well with with uh, female pros that sometimes they have problems with their hormones and that is because they they might not be fueling sufficiently. So their their energy in, energy out matrix is mm-hmm. is off kilt. And that will have a massive impact on their hormones, which will then lead them into having um, more injuries because estradiol is really important for bone health. Mm-hmm. And so your become, bones become weakened. Um, and it happens, you know, in, in men as well with, you know, with with testosterone. You know, you hear about cyclists. That actually their bone health starts to deteriorate with a, when they're in um, in their in their thirties, and that part of that is to do with you know their hormone levels and their lack of impact exercise as well. So, you know, it, it is really uh, hormones are really important. Our our chief medical officer is an endocrinology expert, and she hormones are her passion. She would just talk day in day out on hormones because they are so integral to to everything that that goes on in our bodies exactly exactly so how, how do you see the future sort of panning out how how are women is this something that you will work with the nhs around are there you know there are lots of societies i would imagine that look at these types of things um you know what's what's i wouldn't say your go-to-market strategy but what how are you going to be partnering uh, engaging with women uh, and giving them access to this because this you know sounds like it should be something that all women across you know a, a long period i mean because it could be used in puberty as well because that's a bit yes. of a i mean from 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 the from the time that you have a, a menstrual cycle and you have a a, a regular and natural uh, menstrual cycle you can start monitoring hormones so you could you can start monitoring them for all stages of your life and you know, particularly, you know, where, where women make a decision to have uh, children later in life, mm. you know, you could actually start monitoring your hormones and seeing when they're starting to go into decline. Um, so there's all there's all kinds of applications um, for it. Um, I think for us, I mean, would we work with the NHS? Yes, we'd love to work with the NHS, but the, the traditional um, p- pathway of innovation in, in the NHS is 20 years. And uh, yeah, we've been waiting a, you know, a very long time to, if we just held on for them. And we, what we find mm-hmm. now and what we find with our, our general service as well is that people are making their decisions themselves mm-hmm. um, that they want this information. So our, 
our go-to-market and our, of our business from, from the start has been, let's go direct to the consumer, let them decide, let them create noise about it, and then the, the rest, the corporates and the institutions will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that will be our, our strategy as well with female um, hormone mapping. Although we, we also see, you know, obviously in female clinics, we can see that they, they would find that the way that we map hormones very, very useful. There's also the, the possibility for us that actually that we just to supply a technology platform mm-hmm. um, to people. And so they could access the report and how the report works anywhere in the world by just inputting key data information. And there our system would would spill out the, the actual mapping report for them. Yeah, so that would fit into existing healthcare structures and systems. Yes, so exactly. And be mapping yeah. it. I mean, do you see academia's also? You know, the university hospitals would find something like this incredibly useful. If I think there's lots. Of, I, I think what we're we're finding already with the results is, you know, there's lots about kind of hormones that we don't understand, and doing this work is actually pulling up some interrelational um, patterns that that we're not aware of so it's going to be really interesting um, kind of more clinical studies that we could do with it and what we how we can present data going going forward and what we really learn from it so I think there is there is uh, the opportunity to work with academia with it there's also the opportunity to work with the professional sports industries in it I think there's also opportunities to work with, you know, um, the, you know, people like the MOD where you're looking at, you know, f- um, female soldiers um, and the influence of training on, on, on female soldiers' health and their, their hormone levels as well. So there's lo- really lots of areas that this could be applied for. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, I was um, listening to the head of Strategic Commands, J-Hub, which is their innovation hub, um, and I can't remember the gentleman's surname, but his name is Peter. So (laughs) I will connect you if I can, because I was thinking about that, and I thought, is that too spurious? Um, But they said that they are working with a lot of organizations that you know they wouldn't normally be able to as in smaller organizations Mm. um and yeah I think that'd be fascinating but I also think it'd be fascinating to be looking at the impact on um both male and female um so well yes I mean and that you know we have we have plans afoot as well plans afoot that sounds plans of marching perhaps um you know to 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 look at at hormones within men uh, as well Mm -hmm. but uh you know, for us and as a female founder, you know, that's the thing about being a female founder or being a founder in any business is you you can get to spend times on your passions as well and, and kind of direct the business towards some things like that, obviously, if it makes commercial sense. So um, for us, and, you know, certainly next year, our focus is very much on, on female health and um, female hormone mapping. And I think it's come at the really the right time um, as well, because femtech, is really um, advancing at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of noise around femtech. It's not getting all the investment it needs, but there is a lot more investment going to female-led femtech solutions out there now than there than there was, you know, a year ago. So that's interesting. You're saying it's not uh, getting the kind of investment that it needs, and I'm sure that you know. I mean, obviously, I'm not not sure what your investment model is. Perhaps you can you know dive into that at some stage. But 
Why do you think femtech is not getting that that interest? Well, I think it's all it's, it's female led businesses don't get as much, you know, um, investment. I think the um, the UK government did uh, a study a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. which is kind of frightening when you hear these stats. So for every pound that is invested in a startup, mm-hmm. one pence of it goes to a female founder mm-hmm. led business. Ten pence goes to a mixed gender um, led business. Oh, so I see male and female. Yeah. And 89 pence goes to male um founded businesses so you can see that the you know there is a a big difference in the amount of 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 um, investment going into female-led businesses and femtech businesses are largely led by females because they they understand the problem much better than that they're trying trying to solve Mm. but i think that you know the situation is is changing you know i've led three investment raises for the business we just closed out one last um, just last week. So oh, the situation is, yeah, thank you. The situation is is changing. And I think, you know, VCs are, they have spotted that actually there is this growing opportunity for them in mm-hmm. femtech and in, in the hormonal health market. Mm-hmm. So they are looking at uh, at this and they're, they're starting specific funds and there's funds being led by um, female investors as well. So I think the, you know, times are changing. We've got we've still got a long way to go, but times are changing. Well, hopefully you'll be a big part of that, you know, with the kind of stuff that you're doing, empowering women. Uh, I hope so. You know, to to live, I hate to coin this phrase, to live their best life, but without, you know, without the impact of some of the things that hormonal imbalances or hormonal issues can cause. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, that phrase is actually really important um, uh, because, you know, our, our our actually strap line of our business is your personal best. And it is it is tying into people's um, motivation, I guess, to to want to live their best life, to want to feel at their best and their increased engagement of, OK, what can I do to help improve that, to help improve my life so and my health so that so I can feel at my best? Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people do invest on trying to do the King Canute with with age, don't they? With, um, you know, stuff on the outside. But this is something that actually could not only have a positive impact on on how you look, because obviously, if you're happier and healthier, you're always going to look better. Right. Um, And also, you know, your weight is probably going to be more reflective of where you want to be rather than perhaps not. But um, I think the way that you feel inside is also really important. Let's face it, people haven't seen us apart from on a Zoom call, you know, for the last two years, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in reality, that internal relationship with how you feel um, is incredibly important. And I think another thing that you mentioned, it was actually when you were talking about your own experiences of having kids and then obviously realising that you, you were perimenopausal, because women are deciding to not deciding to delay, but are delaying when they have kids, you are starting to butt up against perimenopausal potentially when you've got very young children, which let's face it, they're not a great combination, no sleep, lots of stress, probably juggling a quite a, a high profile or at least a very intense job to keep the money coming in while you, you know, I think, you know, women, you know, women in the in their 40s, they have a lot of things coming at them all at once. So 
you're mm. right they are having children later so they they still might have young children or teenage children not sure which is worse but um you know right now i'd say 17 year olds <laughs> are about to film 18 are absolutely the worst um and also they're they're thinking about their career you know mm. they're starting to look at their career um about you know changes that they may 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 want to make it making mm. that they might also have their parents or getting older yeah. And there, there might be some care issues around that to be dealing with. Mm. Um, and, you know, you're often in long term relationships, which comes with another challenge as well. And on top of all that, you become perimenopausal. It's, you know, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's a hard time for women, I think, in their 40s. Well, I'd say in the 50s because I'm 54 and I've got all of those going on. And continues, yes. Yeah, it doesn't stop. I hate to tell you this, it doesn't stop. It's relentless. (laughs) Never, it just goes on and on and on. Fantastic. So is there anything else you'd like to share with people? Because, you know, you've you've had a lot of experience. You've, you know, you've done the whole shift, pivoted around in your own career. What's next for Sarah? What would you like to achieve? You know, if if we have this conversation again in five years' time, what would you like to have been the, the highlights of that time? I think um, the, 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 I, I guess the purpose for me has always been to make an impact. So if I can deliver uh, on a business that makes a difference to people's lives, then that's, that's kind of job done, really, um, for me. And I really hope that what we're, the innovations that we're making in healthcare, um, you know, female hormone mapping being, being an example of that, can really help give people that extra insight that they need throughout their health. And, you know, in five years time, you know, I'd like to be, see kind of the, what we developed in female hormone mapping, being a blueprint for how you actually measure hormones in women, you know, right across the world. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if we can do that within five years and I think tick, I've done a, I've done a really good job. Brilliant. Well, I, I've, I'm absolutely convinced you'll be, having that type of conversation perhaps not the whole world but I think there should be hopefully a good good proportion of it thinking about things from a fourth perspective yeah yeah absolutely I mean there's lots lot always I mean when you've got a business there's always lots to do because you don't stand still and that's I think one of the things that you have to do as a business you you know I would say you stand still at your peril you've got to always be looking because you know life is is is, is always fluid and it's it's mm-hmm. constantly moving so you have to move you have to move with it and um, you know hopefully what we do as well is come up with some innovations to to lead it as well Mm, fantastic well I wish you the very best of luck thank you so much for joining us Um, yes that was Sarah Bolt from Forth who's the CEO and founder and I'm sure she'll be telling us more about the, the new raise and what comes of that in the future and wish you the very best of luck with the award on the 7th of December thank you yeah thanks for that for you Fantastic. Well, I'm Rose Ross and I'm the co-founder of Tech Britannia. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about what we're up to, please visit the website at www.techbritannia.co.uk or visit us via social on Twitter at Tech Britannia and find us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much.